0: It was just not enough for me. And I Mm -hmm. think that's something that, um, like the warrior queen who, you know, was surrounded by kings who were cowing to East India Company's wheelings and dealings, you know, she said no. She stood up and she thought differently. I do think that um, as girls and as women, we often do have a different point of view.
1: everybody, and welcome back to the Warrior Queen podcast. I have a very special guest this week. I am Joe, and I am here with Dr. Tanya Ahuja, who is the former director of Citigroup, currently serving as the board of overseers at the Stern School of Business in NYU. And she currently holds a PhD in finance from that Stern School of Business as well. Dr. Ahuja, pleasure to have you on the podcast.
0: Oh, lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we got some excited things to talk about today. We wanna to hear a little bit about your journey, about your past and how you've um, come to be where you are now. Um, and then I think we'll talk a little bit about what seems to be your most recent project, which is Nobius.
0: Yes, Nobius Great. is my my fourth baby. Fourth
1: baby, lovely, lovely. So I guess that's exactly where we'll start. So I wanted to talk to you about your journey here. Uh, you're a mother of three, if I'm correct, right? That's correct. Um and you you kind of did you use you yourself immigrated over from India or was it your parents or
0: Um it uh, I did I came did. here at, um for my my masters and my phd mm-hmm. and um and then I got married and uh, had three raised three lovely children all in in New York Yeah and um and around the time my youngest was going off to college is when I decided to, um, you know, I was working at, at Citigroup and I decided to go out on my own and, uh, and you know, join first the startup and then my own startup.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Wow, that's a great journey. And And was there anything on that, throughout that experience? What are the highlights, I would say? Like, what were, were there parts that were a lot more difficult than others? Was there something that caught you off guard that, you know what, that, that was an easier point in my life looking back now.
0: <laughs> uh, I have to say at every point, one thing. So what one's going through is, is the hardest. And of like, course. you know, cause you always, um, I mean, th- there is no path, uh, you know, book that you can consult to say, where should I be at, at what point in time? Mm-hmm. And um, I got, I applied for my PhD and, uh, um, and I started it, but I didn't know that, I would find out months after um, getting accepted that I was also expecting a baby. So um, so I started my PhD pregnant with my first child and I actually ended my PhD um, pregnant with my, uh, you know, having just delivered my third. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I, yes, it was a very, very busy um, seven years. Yeah. Uh, While I was doing my PhD, I, I also worked for, in, in, in between uh, mm-hmm. at city and raised um, two kids, um, and 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 had my third. So it was a really busy time, but I wouldn't change it for anything. I uh, yeah, I think I grew so much, um, not just academically while you know doing the PhD, but also as a person. You know, when you're a mother, you 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 think differently. Yeah, you, you, you're much more longer term you, you think about, um, your place in society, your children's future, it's, it's different. It's not, um, every decision I made, um, was informed by the fact that, you know, I, I was seeing these little evolving people.
1: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And I mean, not only was, was that period of your life bookended by your children in some way, but, i find as humans we are so egotistical right we are so driven by our egos and having a child drastically changes your ego it does um i don't have any children yet but i think i know that much um <laughs> so you finished your phd you had now have three children right um and where did you go from there
0: um the plan after my i did my PhD, you know doing the phd was to go into academia Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to be a professor and I was, the plan was to apply to universities to go and present my thesis and um, it's called going on the market, job market. But um, with the birth of my third kid and uh, being so busy with the first two, I thought I would take a year off Mm. to just enjoy them. And suddenly, honestly, I uh, one year morphed into 10. I was, during those 10 years i yeah. was really busy with uh at, you know with them and their their activities just raising them um dashing them from one thing to another yeah as uh i exposed them to all the various things that you know we we're, we're lucky to be able to to do um from tennis to music to um debating it didn't matter, we yeah. were involved in many, many things. And I I, I was really enjoying that. And then um, in, I remember in 2016, sorry, in 2000, sorry, 2010. Yeah, um, so 10 years after my PhD. Okay. Um, you know, we were visiting universities and I realized that I was on the wrong side of the aisle. I was with the parents <sighs> and I should have been with the faculty. Ah. <laughs> So, um, so that's when I, I seriously thought, you know, it's time to put dust off that PhD and put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Luckily, the, uh, you know, it was, it's still very relevant. Uh, if, you know, the work I, I'd done mm-hmm. and um, I interviewed and decided to join Citigroup in risk. Um, okay. It's, it was a great place to use my, uh, my, my background, yeah. which was very quantitative. hmm I have to I have to say those the the next um, seven years were itself a whirlwind, where um, you know every every year I was um, tackling new challenges. New uh, I, I came at a bank with a very mature point of view, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people who who typically their career path is you join as a young person and then you go up through the ranks and you kind of get indoctrinated over time. Sure. But coming in as a much more mature individual, I was forty at, at the time, and um, I, I was seeing all these problems. But unlike the others that had been had learned to ignore them, mm-hmm. uh, to me they just felt that they had to be fixed. And uh, and of course, and I I mentioned it. I was like, oh, here is a, this is an issue, and this is an issue. Why you know why don't we fix it? It was like everybody took one step back. And so I landed up spending, uh, you know, working late hours fixing what, you know, people thought, thought might be unfixable,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, they weren't willing to take a chance to spend time to try to fix something that maybe couldn't be fixed. And uh, but I, I, it was a, it was very rewarding, both yeah. because you know when you do fix the problem you also get noticed and I I got multiple promotions. It's really weird because when I first joined, I joined as an assistant manager. And um, in just three short years, I progressed what normally takes people 12 or more years in wow. A few years, literally a promotion every year. Yeah.
1: You now. took great leap, great leaps and bounds there. Um, yeah. and so did you feel that that coming in, in your position, as you said, uh, a more mature person at that point, did you feel that it bestowed more confidence in you to address those issues?
0: Um, more of a, a willingness to, I just didn't listen to people. Others were saying, Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Not to have that information. We can, mm-hmm. You know, we've been doing it without, we've been doing without it all this time. It was just not enough for me. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that, um like the warrior queen who, you know, was surrounded by kings who were cowing to East India companies, wheelings and dealings. You know, she said, no, she stood up and she thought differently, independently, um followed her own uh, thoughts. And I, I do think that, um, as girls and as women, we often do have a different point of view yeah but sometimes we tend to um, you know not not follow our our uh, our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We tend to instead follow others right right thinking that they they've been there, done that they know better right but they don't necessarily and it's a good idea you know to to continue to listen. And, you know, a lot of, you know, women in general, I think we, um, we listen more, we listen Mm -hmm. first and then we think a little bit and then we act, which is, um,
1: less impulsive than men. Men are very impulsive. I I could agree with that for sure. And and men
0: tend to talk first Mm -hmm. and then things start to move in the direction that they, they, that, that they are setting. That doesn't mean that we need to speak up faster and start thinking faster like them, I think we can still, you know, even yeah. after they've said their piece, we can still continue to think and then say our piece. Right. I think, I, you know, and yes, to your point is being mature. Um, I I think it helped me realize that I was different and, um, and being different isn't a bad thing. Exactly. It's, you know, it's something to be, we all bring different talents to the table. And, uh, you know, we just need to, you know, do our thing, do it at
1: our bit. (laughs) I agree. I I absolutely agree. And, And I think we get caught in a mindset of thinking that, one of these mentalities is right, as you describe. maybe the impulsive is right and the meditative is wrong, but it's not so dichotomous of right and wrong, right? They're, they're different. You yeah. bring it up and it's funny, I think um, another one of our guests, uh, Manjeet Kripalani, I don't know if you've ever met her, but she brought up a very similar idea of, it's not when you're, as for her as a woman, when she was getting finding her way in her career path, it wasn't always her trying to adjust her behavior to behave like the boys' club, to fit in. You know, there's a very important aspect of holding on to what makes you unique because that's the different voice that needs to be heard. And I feel like you're saying such a very similar thing. Um, and you brought up the warrior queen before I could even do it, which is also wonderful.
0: No, I I, I think embracing our differences and um, our our strengths of conviction, I think are is something that. Uh, we should hold on to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that transitions us perfectly into saying, what does a warrior queen mean to you? I feel like that's definitely one element of what it means to you. Is there more to that, that phrase that resonates? Um, uh,
0: yes. I mean, well, to me, uh, like, you know, a warrior means you fight back. Right. Right. And, um, I, like I was saying, I think um, the Queen of Jhansi, I think you know that's what she did, right? She she chose to um, fight back mm-hmm. against what she saw as an injustice or or uh, a, you know an unjust behavior of on the on the part of the British East India Company. Mm-hmm. And I think um, and and it didn't matter that it was going to be at great personal risk, right? Right. She it it requires a certain amount of um, you know independence of thought, like independent, like I said, from the other kings, um, courage to stand up and defy, you know, at all odds, mm-hmm. you know, you have this huge uh, army that you're defying and, and nope, and the kings did not come to her, her rescue. It would have been great. I think, uh, I think history would look so different, right? Yeah. If, you know, you can't help but wonder what if the kings around had the courage and strength to do the same, right. Mm-hmm. And her. You know, 200 years of uh, colonialism may not have happened.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Um, so, yeah. So I do believe that 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 is what it, it means to be a warrior queen, to be a queen, be different, to be a warrior, to stand up, you yeah. know, and fight for what we believe is is correct. You
1: know? Absolutely, and I, I can't help but see a parallel between you had mentioned you were when you started at Cydia Group, you were doing risk analysis, right? Yes. And that's such a big part of this this warrior element that you're speaking of too, because she had to say, "What am I going to lose by that's making correct. these decisions?" Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, just just uh, as recent as COVID, right? The handling of COVID by these uh, various countries. You see a lot of the Scandinavian countries, you know, that were led by women, they had fewer debts, there was less volatility in their societies, and they're not in the news because it was smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And that's very similar to risk, or, you know, it's something that we know that you know, risk managers, the best risk managers, are unsung heroes because when they're smooth sailing, there's no attention, right? There's you know, you're not in the media, nobody talks about oh, what, you know, this is what could have happened and it didn't happen because you don't know what could have happened. Right. right? The fact right. is managing it in a clear-sighted way where you're looking way into the future, the way you moved your ship, so to speak, it, you would have had to have done it long way in advance because uh, big companies are like huge ships, right? You can't steer it when you see the iceberg. You have right. to have thought of it much, much earlier.
1: Iceberg so protocol. Iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be able to yeah. go to something, you know, planning ahead, premeditative, these, yeah. all, all these terms are exactly, I think, what we should do. And and once again, to restate, there are benefits to both. And that's why it's so important to have a diverse group of voices yeah. in positions of power and diverse sexualities, because they come with different mindsets.
0: Yeah, you know? and, and, and life is full of different challenges. Mm-hmm. You, you need this kind of diverse, diversity of opinion so you can make the best decision.
1: Yeah, especially when you're representing the greater masses too, because you're representing diversity. So how can you represent diversity without being welcome to diversity yourself? Correct. Right. Such a hard thing to to do, but it, there there's work to be done there in the world in general. So that that is wonderful. You have we've gone over a lot of your background here, and it's very clear that you have extensive business background. Um, now that fast forward, you've pointed out these key moments of when you were. Well, you said you were watching one of your children graduate, was it? And you were like, I'm on uh, the wrong no, side of this?
2: Interviewing. Interviewing university. Yes.
1: Interviewing university. Okay. And it was like, I'm on the wrong side of this. So you took that, that decision, right? You went to the other side. And now we'll fast forward a little bit more to Nobius. In preparation for our interview, I've looked the most into Nobius. That happens to align with my field as, a, as an IT director. Um, where did that come from? Tell, just tell us very briefly about where it started.
0: I have to go back to yeah, of course. when I um, I was working at Citi. Yes, and, uh, and in risk and risk management, as you know, is is all about information, right? The most important resource that one has, right, is is information and market intelligence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so at that time, in twenty so in twenty eighteen, I left Citi. I decided because you know that you need a technology. To get all the information in a very in a more automated kind of way instead of right. in this very manual, haphazard information gathering
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, needed to be more automated. And that was something Arcara did. So I joined this company called Arcara, mm-hmm. and we'll be using art, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning to revolutionize market intelligence and by automating the gathering of this of any market sensitive information, whether it's okay. news. Uh, announcements, earnings, etc. While there, I realized that all these fantastic technologies I was so excited about learning and using had a blind spot, mm. right? A very, very, actually a very big blind spot. And um, and that was something uh, that was really, Nobius was born as a reaction to the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning to personalize what people were seeing and hearing online, mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. That
0: was causing them to be in a filter bubble or in an echo chamber. Because mm-hmm. that was something I realized that our technologies were doing, our personalization technologies. And there was this, this huge, you know, these personalization techniques are being were being created to help people navigate this ever-growing information that they were seeing online. Mm-hmm. And they were a huge benefit. You know, because of course they were saving the most precious resource of all, right? Which is time. Right. But they had this, this blind spot that was being largely ignored in this rush to ad- adopt these amazing powerful technologies, right? And that, the, the blind spot I, I speak of is the fact that when you give, when you profile people and you feed them uh, information that you think they want to see, um, and you may be right, but it, it really essentially leaves them seeing uh, just a subset of information, mm. right? Very Which true. In it, when there's too much information and you don't have much time, then you only want to see what you want to see.
2: Mm-hmm. But the
0: problem is you yourself are biased, right? You have your own biases. And yep. these personalization engines were just amplifying that bias. Exactly. And they were feeding into it and they were leading them into a bubble. Mm-hmm. and and you know and it very often uh the people around you were in similar bubbles and that was creating an echo chamber so there was just no way for you to get an a a, a different point of view a fresh different point of view and and i was concerned with that but, mm-hmm. there was, but uh the startup i was working for there was no way for them to also develop these like I, I like to think of what I've developed as um, rear view mirrors and mirrors, mm-hmm. so that or or even headlights that you're shining light in dark corners, you're seeing around the sides of the car. Um, while you know, yeah, it's great that you have this amazing machine that takes you from point A to point B at amazing breakneck speed. Right. So the problem is, you could break your neck. So uh, that's what I that that's what Nobius is. Novius basically is a data-driven solution right to the growing problem of both the information and content overload mm-hmm. as well as this you know there's so much cre- both credible and non credible information out there being right. able to identify which is credible, which is not, and um, being able to identify the bias both in the information and in yourself mm-hmm. and burst any filter bubble we're able to get away from this unconscious bias that we all uh, typically have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's incredible. And it is a growing problem. It's still growing. I think um, of people who get, get the information they want to hear. Right. And the internet is helping them get the information they want to hear, but then even in, and I've seen this on a personal level, even in conversation, those people don't even want to hear your opposing opinion it's like they don't even want to leave their bubble sometimes for the sake of communicating to other people's bubbles when it's right in front of them not even on an internet scale where there's this divide you know
2: yeah.
1: um so that that is exactly what fascinated me so much and then I noticed a, a little tidbit which i think I don't know you'll confirm with me if it was another straw that broke that camel's back into getting this going but you created this in 2017 right? Correct there. And so with knowing the political situation of that time and how fact checking was so prominent, was that a big factor in in getting it up and running?
0: Um, Yeah. So so it it is interesting that initially the the plan was always going to be looking at financial information Mm -hmm. and being able to identify what was, who were the credible voices that maybe you would like to trust. And given that credible voices were on both sides of the aisle, listen to both opinions. And um, in 2016, as you know, there was this um, this very charged um, election that we went through Mm -hmm. between uh, Trump and Hillary Clinton. And, and, um, you know, it it left people very polarized. And I felt as though, um, you know, I, I, I did always plan to do political news as well, it was always a plan of mine to use our learnings while developing our finance applications to political news and offer it for free as a civic duty. The Mm. idea was that, um, you know, it it would help society. So the plan was always to offer any of our political uh, insights were going to be free, right? Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, given how fractured society was getting, and um, I decided to first launch the political extension. Right. And that's what that's what we did. The 2016 election and the aftermath, the polarization and the media, et etc, were it just reversed which hmm. would have la- which was launched first.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So yeah, you felt the needs of society where we're knocking at the yeah. door, right. And you, yes. you were ready to answer them. That, that's, that's quite great. And it's that type of adaptability that um, is also a really important quality for any leader and maybe even any warrior queen to, to kind of take on right we, we haven't said adaptability, but that's a huge thing rolling with the changes and, and answering what people are wanting from you. So you had it developed, you launched the political side, you took just a, f- a little bit longer on the fi- financial side, right? And then,
0: yeah, because what, what I didn't realize, uh, you know, because working in a large company, except you don't realize these things when you work for your, your own little company, mm-hmm. is the amount of time that, you, you know, you get distracted by marketing it and, you know, all, all the other things that you don't think about. And as a result, uh, a whole year later is when we l- launched that. And, and and the thing is, the finance is the, our our way of monetization. That is our, our you know it's a subscription model. Sure. Um, but you know, not having that meant you right. also didn't have the money to <laughs> keep market. So you were pretty right. much doing every all the heavy lifting yourself. Yeah. So in in hindsight, I should have first launched finance, but I just felt you know like as you, you pointed out the need yeah uh, was seems so pressing that that we launched that first
1: yeah and i mean looking back on it it seems like it was the proper proper decision you know you definitely um were answering the people and sometimes that's all that's what's more important than right than the, the, the latter. Um, so in that year that you were developing, that you were holding on the finance side of Nobius, was there anything that stood out that was a big change that it wouldn't have happened if you had launched it first? Or maybe it would have had to come back you know, to, to refigure and relaunch? Was there something within that year that stands out?
0: Um, well, I, I, I think the biggest was the fact that um, I did not want to charge for my Chrome extension ever. My political was always- So you
1: didn't want to charge for? Did you not want to charge from e- for either from the beginning for either finance or political? You didn't want it at all.
0: No, no finance. I was always going to okay. charge, but it was always going to be a very small amount. So it was important that we scale Got because. It. Um, so I, so what I, I, I was trying to do is build institutional level tools. Um, it's, it's really interesting, you know. In the old days, what separated out um, the people, the the hedge funds and the and the banks from the common man on the street was access to information. Mm-hmm. But today that's not the case. Everybody has information, but the problem it's is it's information overload. Yeah, and too much information is as good as no information. Right. So that's the dif- that's now what what's the difference between the uh, corporations and the institutions and um, and the, the common man on the street is these in institutional tools to navigate the information overload
2: hmm. and how so, to process. Um, exactly.
0: Exactly. So that's that's what we would nobius is trying to do is highlight um which voices you know you sh- you can listen to and and hear them from both sides, right? Like stereophonic. You know, you might hear a hot stock tip, but mm-hmm. then uh, you need to slow down first.
1: You need to slow down, yeah.
0: <laughs> don't don't rush into anything. And um you know, because I, I do feel a lot of the misinformation would not would be solved if you just slow down. You could see through it, and then you can make your own decision. So that's the that's really all we're doing is we're giving people very quickly in a very in a lightweight, friendly way mm-hmm. um, this information that's missing right. in, in any kind of search that one does.
1: Absolutely. And, and and in addition to giving the spectrum of influence, right? If I'm correct, Nobius also will then give you a credibility of those because there's nothing to stop me from making a website tomorrow about apples. And I don't know much about apples, but I can write my opinion. And if you read it, you may want to take it, but that doesn't make me an expert, right?
0: That's right. Right. The sad part is it's human. When you hear something for the first time, if it if it um, aligns with your own thinking, you tend tend to think of it as true mm. without really um, thinking more deeply as to you know looking it up or and and that is, is an, uh, you know that kind of confirmation bias is something that we all have. It's a challenge for us to to try to yeah fight against.
1: Yeah, it keeps us in our own little bubbles, which is okay. what we're trying to prevent. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so now I have this image of what it is, right? And I'm really excited about it. And you, I'm sure, were really excited about it. Now there was a decision made, and I noticed this also in doing the research, to keep to do an extension for Chrome and Firefox. And when I first came to Nobius, I was like, where's Safari? I use Safari. Can you provide any insight into, into that? Are you is this something you're working on? Is this something down the road?
0: Yeah, we are. But, um, but Google Chrome and Firefox um, developer tools mm-hmm. they make, are really good and they make it really easy to develop quickly. You can quickly test what resonates right with your customers so you can pivot to a product that is, uh, is, is really useful. And uh, once we're confident in our product, then mm-hmm. yes, we're absolutely planning. We're, we're already working on offering it on Safari and also uh, an app on the Apple Store.
1: Oh wow, um, very nice.
0: But but you do know, right, that um, Safari is even though it's the, the default Mac option and it's you know it's fast, it's less taxing on your system and much more private, um 63% of desktop users are use Chrome yeah. browsers. You know, the opposite is actually true for mobile. So we're definitely launching in the App Store and right. there's a lot of young people are on mobile and right. they're mobile first, not desktop first. So yeah.
1: That we are working on that. Yeah, and I am aware of that fact, and and therefore I I'm not saying it wasn't an, an improper decision. I think that that was the absolute right thing to do. But I had to ask, being being curious. I noticed a lot of people use yeah. Chrome as their number one browser, and, and those metrics I would absolutely say are exactly accurate. I'm I'm an an Apple uh, a big Apple fan myself. I worked for Apple for many years. And therefore, it's kind of built into my system to, to want to go with that default. But the privacy is a big factor for me, too. Yes. Um, and, you know, as I got older and I, I learned those um, dynamics of what the different browsers can offer you, and I saw the importance of privacy, that's when I started to take a shift. Yeah. I said, I'll, I'll go, I'll take a little more time to find what I want to find, but at least I know no one else knows that I'm looking for it. <laughs> yes. Um so that, that was exciting for me. So, okay, cool. Well, I'm excited for that to come in the future. I'll definitely be following you for that. Um, as we, we're we approaching probably the end of our, our conversation in the episode, um, but I, I did wanna double back to the Warrior Queen to represent our name for a little bit and talk just a bit more about that mentality. And I wanted to ask you with knowing your definition now, knowing how you see that term, right? Is there uh, certain bits of advice that you would pass along to young oppie women who are trying to maybe follow very closely in your footsteps you know with your your business acumen and your your uh, risk analysis or maybe a, a different field, something that you can just generally say to them. Is there anything that comes to mind?
0: To continue to care about one another at a more intuitive level that mm-hmm. we tend to naturally intuit and um to continue to listen first then think and then talk and act and um you know continue to care about one another care about future generations society think more broadly um yeah. less focus you know bring our our diverse opinion to the table and uh, and be confident and and brave and courageous in in standing up you know yeah. against or or for what you believe in and against for, in, against injustices, you know, it's, uh, uh I've never, I mean, uh, felt like I wish I had not stood up or I wish I had not, you know, said my piece. You know, I think that's the most important, my yeah. my most important takeaway.
1: It's, it's extremely important. I mean, you never want to lose what makes you, you, Yeah. you know, yeah. people love, we love each other for our unique elements and that can speak to anyone. Very easily. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It has been a wonderful talk. Um, listeners, if you want to check out Nobius, just go right over to the site. Dr. Ahujo, you want to tell our listeners the site? It's meaning it's your product.
0: Yeah, we have, yeah. So nobius.com is the broad site, but uh, the web application that I would love everybody to, um, to join, either as a free member or when after using it for a while, if they would like to uh, subscribe, it's finance.nobius.com.
1: Wonderful, finance.nobius.com. And we will see you next time on the Warrior Queen Podcast. Thank you again.